I'm Royal Oaks, and this is The Royal Oaks Show. So I thought I'd gab a little bit about the right to die issue. I'm not going to pretend this is an easy call. I know a lot of people get really strident about it. And when you listen to them, you think maybe it is an easy call. But, of course, you have people on both ends of the spectrum. You can have a guy saying, are you kidding me? Where the hell does the government get off stopping a person who is in tractable pain? They've lived a long, full life, and they say it is time to go. It's just time to go. So where in the world does the government find a basis for controlling somebody's body? You talk about a war on women. This is a war on people, a war on people in pain. So in the minds of folks with that viewpoint, there is no doubt. Then you move to the other end of the spectrum, and they're absolutely just as convinced. Suicide is wrong. It's irreversible. There's the government being a co-enabler. How do you have any assurance they're not facilitating a horrendous mistake? So you have diametrically opposed views that get very emotional. My problem is I don't like it when somebody's stridency, when the idea that they're absolutely right, they're really absolutely 100% confident, I don't like it when that interferes with a reasonable, fair-minded recognition that this is not a black and white issue. And here's what I mean. The California law has now been passed in favor of doctor-assisted suicide. Now, it hasn't gone into effect yet, but it's been passed. It's just a matter of time. So we have a situation where if you get a couple of docs to say, okay, you've only got six months left on the planet, then the state will facilitate the exit process. But here's a problem. This is an irreversible decision. So every possible measure should be taken to make sure a person won't consider again a week later, you know, when it's too late. So it seems obvious that it would be fair and rational, in addition to the two doctors who say he's just got six months to live, or less, to also have a psychiatric evaluation of the person who's considering offing themselves. It doesn't seem to be too controversial, except it was. That kind of a protective measure to make sure a horrendous, irreversible mistake hasn't happened was supposed to be part of the California law, but it was rejected by the people who were hell-bent to have right to die in California without exception full bore. They weren't having anything to do with psychiatric evaluations. Can you imagine this? You have people with mental illness, whether it's depression or anxiety or whatever, possibly contributing to the decision to kill themselves, and the law refuses to require a psychiatric evaluation of the people interested in assisted suicide. So there's the hypocrisy that bothers me. You got, say, a hundred people who are totally in favor of assisted suicide with no requirement for a psych evaluation, okay? You ask those same 100 people, hey, Let's switch topics for a minute, okay? Let's talk capital punishment. I'm betting the House that a huge majority of them will say, we're against capital punishment. We want to end the death penalty in America. Okay, and the next question is, if you're against capital punishment, uh, what about this idea that uh, if we make a mistake as a society, we convict and execute somebody and, whoops, boy, do I feel stupid. Turns out we had the wrong guy. Isn't that one of the things that causes you to be adamantly, irrevocably against capital punishment? Isn't that an important issue in your mind? You know darn well every one of those people who favor assisted suicide and also favor getting rid of capital punishment would say, absolutely, that's a huge issue. We can't afford to make a mistake. It's freaking irreversible in the capital punishment context. So what about the assisted suicide context? Why aren't you equally concerned about making a mistake in that setting? 
And that gets back to my original point. There's some people who are so in love with the stridency of their own voice and their own position, they can't stand the idea of compromise. They can't stand the idea of the pendulum swinging away even a little bit from the extreme edge where they live. And when you think about it, isn't that what's wrong with politics in general? I mean, everybody's talking about the lack of civility and the lack of communication and compromise. Why do you think that is? It's because people have staked out extreme positions. Now, neither side has a monopoly on this extremism. you got the Tea Party members. They just as soon shut down the government as give in on any issues. And you have the Bernie Sanders types on the left who don't want to hear anything about a reasonable safety net. They don't want to hear anything about the fact that maybe, just maybe, the multimillionaire or the billionaire came by their money honestly. Now, I'm sure something happened to Bernie Sanders during his formative years. Some rich guy spit in Bernie's eye, okay? And Bernie has spent the last 60 years fighting against the phantom rich guy. He's got no sense of compromise in him, no recognition about the value of the market system, the freedom and the productivity it represents. He's got no appreciation for human nature. You know, the basic idea that if you penalize hard work, you're going to get less hard work. If you penalize job creators, you're going to get fewer jobs. No, not for Bernie. He's at the extreme end of the pier. So let's get back to California's assisted suicide deal. The background is Oregon was the first state to pass a so-called Death with Dignity Act back in 1994. It gave mentally competent patients who were terminally ill the right to end their own life with a lethal amount of doctor-prescribed medication. Then over time, other states like Washington and Vermont and New Mexico, they passed similar laws. But there was always this concern in the back of people's minds. Doesn't the state have a legitimate interest in making sure people don't irra make irrational, impulsive decisions that were motivated by coercion or family pressure or mental illness? Then came former LAPD Sergeant Christy O'Donnell, who lived in Valencia. She learned she had stage 4 lung cancer. She wanted to die, so she sued the state of California. And her case led to California adopting the assisted suicide law. But studies show that 60 to 80% of people who want to hasten their death have clinical signs of depression. Surveys show that suicide requests from people with terminal illness are usually based on fear and depression. And yet most cases of depression among terminal people can be successfully treated. Neither the Oregon nor the Washington assisted suicide laws require evaluation by a psychologist or a psychiatrist to screen for depression or mental illness. Up in Oregon, it turns out in the last four years, only 2% of the patients expressing interest in assisted suicide were referred for a psych evaluation before getting their prescriptions for lethal drugs. Unfortunately, it's probably going to take some highly publicized horror stories about assisted suicides here in California where people were pressured into saying yes by abusive family members or the mentally ill succumbing to a temporary temptation to die that would have been derailed with a minimum amount of psychiatric help. So here's a question for you. Who is America's most durable balladeer when it comes to tropical relaxation? Yeah, you got it right. Jimmy Buffett. I've been a parrothead since I saw him perform live at the Oakland Coliseum in the late 70s. Jimmy Buffett has number 49 on our list of top 50 songs of all time. From 1977, his top-selling single, Margaritaville. Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Drumming my six train on my front porch swing. Smell of 
sure about this brand new tattoo But it's a real beauty A Mexican cutie How it got here I haven't a clue Wasting away again in Margaritaville Searching for my lost shaker of salt Some people claim that there's a warm blame Now I think Searching for 